Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are talking about Miss Marvel Season 1, Episode 5, Time and Again. Right after these eyes, we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Zahara Lee. So that opening, that was your best impression of Jeff doing his accent? My best foreign import version of his accent. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Good job. I ordered it from Karachi, especially for him. (laughs) All right. So we have now seen time and again, episode five of Miss Marvel. This series is coming to a close, really. It's getting it's getting on the on the edge here. Yeah, I'm worried this is where the cheesiness starts. <laughs> huh. What do you mean by cheesiness? Cause like the series have a trend of like the final fight scenes just being good, but kinda just they always feel like they miss a little something. Yeah. So I'm like I feel like we're heading into that. <laughs> I don't think of it as cheesiness, but I think of it as hmm. they keep inserting elements from the MCU in the final episodes of these shows that are mm-hmm. not related to the story. And it always, I think, feels like the story is over. Uh, like, Well, sometimes this one particularly, I feel like the story was over. Like, you know, she got her. Uh, connection to her family. She did the time mm-hmm. travel thing. The main villain we've been facing all this time is now gone, and now it's like, what? W- w- they had to like sort of re-engineer more drama to happen in the final episode, so that yeah. they can do what they want to do, which is, I think, connect it to the bigger MCU, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, I guess just diving right into it, it was interesting that they took out. Nudgema and the other clandestine. Yeah, absolutely. And they made Gamran, I guess, a bigger part of it. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be all. And it's interesting that that's like there was going to be a lot to dive into that when there's one episode left. But obviously, that's going to have to carry over. Like they're building to a bigger thing that doesn't involve those particular characters that we just lost. Yeah, absolutely. And so Gamran, maybe he will stick around, or maybe my 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 worry is that Najma did at the end was to was some sort of plan i don't know like did she just send her powers to Kamran, which is what it seemed like or that's what it seemed like but it seemed like there was a bigger purpose too because she was like i know how to close this Mm -hmm. and it involved her getting rid of her powers yeah like it did they did not make it clear at all like what she was doing like she she says, you know, Kamran, and sends her powers to Kamran, and somehow that closes the veil. I don't mm-hmm. know how that closes the veil at all. Like, yeah. I don't understand. I, it's one of those scenes like we have a whole episode left, but I just kind of wanted to get the the few negatives of the show just out, or of this episode out of the way. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's more. There's more to come, and uh, I I didn't understand that, but I, I, you know, I liked the ending of the clandestine. Mm-hmm. And I like, but it just, it does, it, it felt a little anticlimactic for sure. Partially because I was expecting one more episode of Climax. And that does feel kind of like what they've been doing with the MCU series. Because it, instead of like making the connections to the MCU a little more integrated, they keep mm-hmm. having like a series and then the very end, like 
bringing in someone. And the one exception to that completely is the, um, well, there's been, there've been a few, but, uh, WandaVision was supposed to have Dr. Strange in it. And then they didn't because of COVID. So like, Mm -hmm. maybe that would have felt the same way. I think WandaVision actually benefited from not having Dr. Strange show up in the last episode or whatever, you know? Sure. It was really cool how, you know, we were talking about how there's like similarities to Terrigen without it completely being Terrigen. So even when they tried going like back into the veil, they had like that, they turned into stone and crumbled. And I was like, that actually looked really cool. For a second, I thought it was going to be a Terrigen cocoon or whatever. I was like, oh, wow, they're doing the Terrigen thing. And then, yeah, like they fell into dust. And then I thought it was just very funny. It was a very like childish almost effect with the stone falling away and it just being a skeleton there. Like it just felt very, Oh yeah. I don't know. It was very Disney in my mind. Like that, that (laughs) scene, instead of being like, you know, just dust or tearing apart the actual skeleton still being intact was kind of cracked me up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I had to throw a little bit of, we know everyone, I guess I understood that everyone's watching the boys at the same time. So just had to like, Hit that balance back. Right. Please don't make Miss Marvel the realistic, <laughs> gritty show. I, I don't need a realistic, gritty Miss Marvel. <clears throat> yeah, I was just really confused that the veil wasn't starting to, like, open up. Because I thought that was going to be the main threat, was dealing with the other part of the realm, like, coming through. But I guess they just need a reason to go back to Jersey City. And hmm. have, like, a final confrontation over there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they did, though. They could have just, like, had her be in Jersey City. And they could have... See, I think they should do what they do in the movies, which is have a post credit sequence. Or, like, have a last moment of the episode where Miss, where Captain Marvel shows up to meet Miss Marvel, you know? I mean, I could see that happening next episode, but... Right, Why right, would right. that need to be here for this one? Well, I'm saying, like, if this story had continued to the end of the next episode, and that's all they do. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried that whatever they do in this next episode is gonna, like, be a big diversion from the series we've been watching so far. And then, yeah. to be honest, it just kind of feels like the clandestine... It, it feels weird because we didn't meet the clandestine until episode three, and now their their loop is closed in episode five, and it feels like yeah. we're going back to the story we were watching in episodes one and two, except Comron mm-hmm. is there, right? Like yeah. that's kind of what's happened here. That's weird. Yeah, it's a weird balance. It's, it's not like most of these where like they lead up to sort of a mid series thing with episode three or four, and then they kind of close it off with episode five and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's strange. It's a little bit different. And it was by, I think it was by episode four that we said, oh, we finally know who our threat is. No, it was uh, three. It was three. We're like, yeah. oh, we know who the threat is. We know what they're fighting towards. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got some elaboration. Oh, it's closed? Yeah, uh, that's over. And I mean, it's not completely closed because okay. we do still have Comron and some sort of mystical plan maybe by Najma. So maybe, I don't know. We'll find out next week. Right, so to get on to the positives. Sure. <laughs> now we're just really speculating. Right. I feel like we're both kind of like, what happened? I feel like this episode closed too many things off. Um, oh no, a successful cliffhanger. <laughs> the, I really enjoyed this episode and I really enjoyed the uh, story of Nani and going back in time mm-hmm. and seeing her story as it went through the timeline and like, I don't know, meeting her husband and all that stuff. It was really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I cried multiple times in this episode. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> it really, it really, really got me. 
Um, and then even more so, I think what really got me was when Kamala came back and got to meet with her mother and grandmother and like, you know, had that moment of connection, like real connection where she saw her mother for more. She saw her mother more for what her mother is by seeing those mm-hmm. old pictures and her mother saw Kamala and her own mother as like more like uh, all those crazy stories she used to tell, tell yeah. it's like, no, they're all true. And then Kamala has this power and like, they're all just seeing each other in a more clear way. And I think that's really uh, powerful. And like, that was really touching. Yeah. Like there's always that. I'm going to go call it. Feel. There's like this perspective that like you kind of skip a generation. So it's like, you're more like your grandparents and you're like your parents. Cause you don't want to, be mm. like what your parent like the rebellious phase right there's some for whatever reason there's some- so now we have like nani and kamala you know being more into the magical stuff and then um kamala's mom having to be like more practical i guess but she still had right. kind of like her rebellious phases well it sounds like uh her mom never believed in the magic and i wonder if her grandmother no i'm sorry her grandmother's name is Sana. Sana. Yeah. S-A-N-A. Sana. So Sana is, um, did she just never put on the bangle? Did she never learn of the power? Like we know, we know she had the bangle on as a child and it didn't seem to activate. I don't know if there's like a time frame you have to be to wear it or something. I don't know. Was it, was it her that made the stars or was it Kamala? Because when she fell, it seemed like Sana had something to do with it. That may be. That may be. Maybe it felt like she like actually like did something with the shards herself because of that saying like "What you seek will seek you." Um, so mm. that, I think that's one of the parts because I literally just watched it, so I hadn't had any time to watch it again. But that was one of the parts that I didn't get to look back on, but got me thinking like. Was it kind of like them working together a little bit? Because Kamala was like, I can only make circles, but this should help. Yeah, yeah. But then when it broke apart, like, I feel like it was Sana that kind of like her ambition to find her, uh, her to find her dad is kind of like what turned it into stars. Yeah, that's a great interpretation. I I like that a lot. It, uh, it definitely looked like it was doing more than Kamala was intending for it to do, which Mm -hmm. it, it seemed to surprise Kamala. She was like, oh. I don't know how to do yeah. that. Uh, so yeah, because by the logic of like what you seek is seeking you, she was seeking Aisha. She found her. Aisha was like help Sana. Sana was seeking her dad because she was calling Ami Abba, Ami Abba. And then when the stars came up, it was like okay, now she's actually like getting the the chance and the power, using the power to actually seek what she's seeking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I'm going to stick with that one because that's what I like. More. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And they're both wearing bangles in that, the bangle in that moment. So they both have the chance to control it. It just, yeah. I guess we don't know. I, we just didn't see like any other manifestations of power in Sana, you know? And I mm-hmm. mean, maybe, maybe Sana never wore the bangle again, you know, maybe it's just yeah. been like sitting in the back of her closet when she packed up a bunch of old stuff, it ended up in Kamala's hands and no one ever wore it. And she never understood that, the bangle is what was powerful, you know? Yeah. Or even maybe her dad took it from her, you know, after they got away and like put it away or something. Yeah. Cause what's sad is that because, Oh, I don't even forget. I don't remember her husband's name, 
But because Sana's dad had to hold the cane in one hand and Sana in the other, like, they didn't have any luggage with them. Essentially, they left that part of India literally just to close off their back. Yeah. Oof. So all, literally all Nani has is that bangle in her memories. <laughs> I gotta say, it was a little bit jarring. So there's this old, that old newsreel at the beginning that was telling the story. <gasps> so good. It was good. But I've only seen those old newsreels in the recent times as a joke to talk about how colonial those old newsreels were. Mm-hmm. Like how... <laughs> Like I've, cause it's like, it's often like a British newsreel guy reading it and he's like mm-hmm. telling the story, but it's through a very British lens, you know, like that's the whole joke that's constantly used in like movies at this time period or whatever. And so like when I saw it, but it was like describing the news and what partition really was, you know what I mean? He even said it in from very, very much like, I guess a South Asian perspective. He was talking about how, yes, and the British have left us in this terrible position. And I was like, but it's a, it it being that British guy voice going, like, I was like, I don't know. It made me laugh. I, I was like, this is the opposite of all the jokes I've seen about that newsreel guy. You were like, ha, 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 ha. oh, this is, these are, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just used to them, like, making a joke out of that guy and being like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what movie I've even seen. There's some, there's a number of them where, like, that that same British news anchor voice is talking, but he's like, you know just saying awful racist, like just horrible and yeah. colonious things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, seeing him like reinterpret the news properly. I was like, uh, weird. <laughs> I like, I, I kept waiting for like a, 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 a weird joke to drop or something. <laughs> Maybe it was more of like a, like a documentary setting than it was them telling news at the time. Right, right, right. <laughs> kind of sticking with like Kamala dealing with all of that. It's amazing that this is her first time acting and she is this freaking good. Like her delivery and her emotions and her facial expressions, like Iman Villani is so good at this. And yeah. like everything about her is just so perfect. We're five weeks in it. I cannot say that enough. Yeah, I love her. I love her a lot. Um, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I can't wait to see her. Like, just I, I I can't imagine I can't imagine it and I love it. I love the idea of like this kind of young Avengers that we've been talking about forever because I'm loving her mm-hmm. and I can totally see like her and Kate Bishop and possibly Yelena and all these people sort of like interacting and making jokes and just yeah. being themselves. I'm really excited about that. And America. What was the kid from Iron Man uh Iron Man thing? Harvey? Harley. Harley, Harley, yeah. Yeah, but uh I don't know if they're bringing him back or not. He was he was in the end of Endgame, and that makes me think yes, but I don't know. I still feel like he could contribute good banter in <laughs> that little crew of kids. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I just don't... It's been so long since he's been around. Like, I don't know what he'd be like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because people always bring him up, and I'm like, but... I don't know. He was a good little actor. I wonder if he, like, turned into a good teenage actor or whatever. <laughs> I mean, Kamala also really needs to learn how to pay attention to her surroundings because this is like the third time that she's turned around and realized someone saw her using her powers. Right. I feel like it was like, I can't remember who it was initially and then it happened with Nakia and now it happens with her mom. And it's like, take a quick, quick, quick the, peek behind. <laughs> the thing I like about that is that they have sort of, with her mom finding out, that sort of like ruins the whole thing about the secret identity. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. I mean, I guess the government still doesn't know. Damage control doesn't know, which is important. I mean, May knew about Peter Parker before everybody else knew about him, so. Oh, yeah. I just mean, um, up till now, she's been hiding it from her family and friends, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. probably not going to be the case anymore, you know? Could you imagine, like, the explain that to her dad when they get home? Like, do we get that in next week's episode? I hope so. Her dad's <laughs> going to be such a cheerleader for her, you know? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I would love it. The part where she was like, hold on, I'll be right back and just start. Like, you didn't get to see the scene, but you see her mom's eyes just widen up and you can hear that she's yeah. like projecting <laughs> the platforms <laughs> to get up there. Yeah. <laughs> and but she was like, where are really you going? Perfect. It's like, we're Pakistani, not Irish. We overstay our welcome. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> that God I me. feel like a Pakistani goodbye is the opposite of an Irish goodbye. <laughs> yes, you say bye, then you sit around a little longer, then you say bye at the door, then you mm. say bye outside, then one everyone's sitting in the car with the windows down, talking outside to the host, yep. and then you still call on the That's way great. home. <laughs> That's great. I've had friend groups like that, but having a family like that is just a, a wonderful thing, honestly. Especially if you like are with a family you don't want to be with, and it's like, good lord, when are we leaving? Stop <laughs> talking. <laughs> oh, man. See, and I feel like... You know, that's a thing that I think is manifested in the connection that immigrant families have to each other. That, I don't know, us like, just whatever, white bread Americans, uh, (laughs) like, don't always have. Because because you don't have, not everyone in the world is like you, especially if like, there's some prejudice or anything like that going on, which, you know, there almost always is. Uh, it's like you you are the refuge. The family becomes the refuge, you know, especially mm-hmm. for second generation immigrants. Those like the family is sort of a refuge for people. Yeah. And it's the people that are most like them, the people that are most comfortable around. The rest of the world might feel a little strange and alien, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool having families that feel that way, because I feel like as a I don't know. My my family is like, all right, we had lunch. Bye. <laughs> Very little like hanging out. That was a little bit of a culture shock for me when I was in. Actually, this is like a realization when I was in college. Is like the amount of friends that I talked to that they were like, yeah, my parents said as soon as I graduated high school, as soon as I was 18, it's like, you're out of here. Mm-hmm. And they tell them that growing up, it's like, we're going to have our lives as soon as you're 18. So, but like that doesn't exist over there. It's like. You're always part of your family. It's like your family comes first. Your family means more than your friends and this and that. And for better or worse, like, because obviously it does get worse for some people. Yeah. That's just how it is. Like, you're always connected with your family. You live with them as long as you need to. You come back to them whenever you need to. Uh, so that was one of those things that I heard from just so many people where it's like, you're on your own at 18. And I'm just like, how? Right. Yeah. Well, and that's part of partially a result of generations mm-hmm. of people in America that had that opportunity to leave their home and be like you could own, you could own a home very easily mm-hmm. sixty years ago. Like you yeah. could you could afford to get a house like on on a single income and stuff like that. Like people yeah. would people would leave their family, and it's become harder here. And it's a big uh. It's actually a big shift that I've he- I hear is happening. Multi-generational families living in one house is happening way more in America than it used to. Mm-hmm. And I think that like that attitude of the of the parents being like, you're out when you're 18, comes from them being like, well, I did it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you did it at a time when houses houses were way cheaper compared to yeah. minimum wage or whatever. You know, or you were old enough to be drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just or or yeah or do yeah the military. Uh, it was it was a lot of very common like. Well, if you got nothing else to do, go do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, what did you think of Aisha's story? Hmm. I, I loved it. It was really sweet. I really just liked Aisha, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I just and, and her husband. I just really enjoyed them both. Made me smile. <laughs> I loved the line where he was like, "There's no way that you can turn down the scent of a fresh paratha." I'm like, "You really can't." <laughs> <laughs> like paratha and a mango slice. That sounds like a great mm. dinner. It looked good. It looked good. I don't know what a paratha tastes like, personally. I'll make you one next time we have a meetup. Sweet. Paratha coupon saved. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My nanu has a rule where if there's fresh paratha or naan or something, because you typically like wait for everyone to be at the table to eat, but if there's a hot one that just came out, like you have to take that first bite like while it's steaming. Oh, yeah. You wait for no one on that. Yeah. I think that's a fair rule for anything that's like better fresh you know <laughs> yeah so when he had that line i was like yes don't let it cool down You're just, that's a waste <laughs> yeah i actually like wrap my eggs in it like for breakfast Ooh. so is, is it like a tortilla type thing it's a little like puffier puffier it's, it's fluffier okay yeah. cool it's like if a tortilla and a non had a baby oh okay sweet yeah i should have said is it like a non that's, that's probably more like similar to a non than a tortilla. Yeah, it's a good I think it's a good hybrid of those two. Okay, sweet. Uh but it was really cool that he had like a rose business. Like he just sold flowers and that's what he went off of and he had like this legacy of his home and then like how happy he was there and how content he was with all of that just in his village. Mm-hmm. And just like open to helping people out and then you saw it it took me a minute to realize what was going on when he was like, we don't take charity and stuff like that. Mm. But like, that's how much the partition and Britain leaving like affected that. And Mm. it was interesting how they perceived it. It wasn't as, I guess, aggressive as I had thought based off how like deep everything else has been, but it was still, I'd, I'd, I'd say a pretty good depiction of just like, Oh, because I'm Muslim, they don't, sell us anything at the market and they treat us like this and no one buys my flowers anymore and like I was supposed to give this house to my daughter and now we have to leave everything behind and like yeah I've never had a connection to the land like that you know Um, and I think of these stories sometimes where I hear someone like oh they're getting driven off their land by you know eminent domain or whatever Mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm always kind of like, well, you know, as long as they're getting the money for it and they can move down the yeah. street and get whatever they need down the street. And, you know, it, you know, sometimes you have to do whatever. And like, but then I think about these kinds of stories where like generations of cultivating land to be good rose land and like mm-hmm. you, you, you have everything built and set up there for the, your livelihood. And yeah. then suddenly I think that's an important part about him having that rose business is it's like suddenly suddenly because of partition he's just like whisked away and forced out of yeah the like land that he's known and the land that he's like he said he said we've worked this land for thousands of years my family and yeah yeah it's terrible um i can definitely imagine how the how like hard and frustrating that could be 
Ugh. That's something I see at my job a lot, too, because, you know, since I'm a real estate photographer, I mean, I live in a military town, so people move in and out, but there are some of those times where it's like, oh, yeah, we've lived in this house for 25 years, we're the original owner, you know, my grandkids played over there, we built this, when this happened, we did that, mm-hmm. we upgraded this here, and, like, like just, man, just hearing stuff like that, and just the, the importance of legacy and where things came from, and understand, like, having that connection to your past without ever having to ever hear a story or knowing something like that, there's, there's so much history and connection to that kind of stuff it's so beautiful it's so like heartbreaking it to see in that context where it's like hey because you're muslim you gotta leave all this by mm. yeah it's terrible it's absolutely terrible i mean just the dividing people up and forcing people out because of you know race religion whatever like mm-hmm. just it's uh, yeah yeah it's just it's terrible and and this i mean there's like they don't get show anything terribly brutal. It's just the forcing out, like you said, and like the you see the fires and stuff later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like actually like burning some of the stuff. Ugh. But just like the utter poverty and the people just milling into the just flooding into that train, just hoping to find a new a new home. You know, like yeah. nowhere to go but just get on the train and see what happens. You know. Because even the, like, the Hindu guy who was bringing the stuff, even he was like, it'll pass off. Like, they're just mad right now, but it'll be okay. And then it was like, no, things are actually getting violent now. Like, people are dying over this. Yeah. So, like, we have to dip out because we're just scared for our lives. Yeah. And then I think back more, like, my mom saying she was like, yeah, and I know how to do that twice. Once for India, once for Bangladesh. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, man terrible oh as, as we talked a lot about it last week uh or actually i think it was on the feedback episode you know this it's very interesting because i think a lot of people are being exposed to this part of the history for the first time and seeing this sort mm-hmm. of the plight of these people as they're like you know being forced out and yeah it's uh it's amazing and interesting because like so many people this will be their view of how that looked you know what it looked like yeah. what it was um what it was to be uh, forced out of your home in partition during partition. Mm-hmm. I think they, I think they did a pretty dang good job presenting it. I don't, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I can't say, but I, I definitely like feel for the people and so much humanity looking for a new home. It's just tough, man. Yeah. It, it definitely hit me just towards the end. Like, I mean, just losing his daughter and being on a crutch and yeah. Oh, the struggle of all that. <laughs> It's the fear of, like, please get her on that train. No matter what, get her on the train. A few minutes later, he's looking for a seat. Sana? Sana? It's just asking all the strangers, have you seen a child? Have you seen a child? Have you seen? It's like, there's probably tons of chi- children out there by themselves, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like I should apologize to the audience and to you because, like, I called this in, like, episode two, and I wish I hadn't. Like, <laughs> I really, really wish I hadn't because I... As soon as she was there, I knew, like I, I, I called in episode two that that was, that was going to be her that was going to do the stars. Like, oh, she's going to go back in time and do the stars. Ha <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when she showed up back in time, I was like, it's going to be her who does the stars. And then like she proceeded to be the one to save her, her own grandmother or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I've been saying Prisoner of Azkaban for yep, three weeks yep, now, exactly. so I'm there with you. Yeah, <laughs> no, apologize I know. Like, to me for. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's a. Uh, 
I just felt bad because I'm the one who brought it up in that first episode. And I was like, or that second episode. And I was like, dang, I feel sometimes when you call something, it's like gratifying that I called it. And then it's like, I feel very bad that everyone is like, you know, everyone might have had the same experience as me, which like, I think I would have been more, I would have felt more stakes if I hadn't known what was going to happen, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's sometimes there's just sound like you have your speculations and you wait for it and you know what's happening, but sometimes the delivery is just still so perfect. Yeah. That, like, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like, if I had put myself in the father's shoes there, I would have definitely felt that, I think. I think I was I yeah. was so focused on Kamala and the story and, like, okay, how's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? How are they going to mm-hmm. represent this on screen? I thought she was yeah. going to, like, have to, like, catch the train or something. Like, really, like bring her to the train yeah i thought it was like really a train of stars like over yeah. the sky like while the train was moving i didn't realize it was like within such a small yeah area i feel like that w- it was still beautifully done though it was beautifully done i do feel like it being so small it i understand that it's a big throng of people but it still kind of felt like if kamala had just like picked her up and run like a football player she could have gotten her there you know what i mean like it kind of felt still felt yeah. like it the 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 distance covered by the stars did not feel that great even if yeah. they just like uh turned back and she'd had her bl- way completely blocked or something like they could have mm-hmm. they could have staged it a little better i think because yeah. i think like it, i partially because we all heard about it in episode 2 and we all had in our brains like what that's going to look like and then it felt instead like she walked four feet to her father. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think my headcanon for that a little bit was that, like, she didn't know what Senna's dad looked like. And oh, yeah, yeah. Senna's dad yelling out his her name was more for the the audience. And I don't think his voice was actually carrying, like, to where Kamala was. So while it was, like, her following the stars over a decent distance i don't mm-hmm. think that it was as close as they kind of made it seem but that's just how so i that, kind of perceived it what you seek is seeking you yeah definitely like the father is seeking the daughter and the daughter is seeking the father mm-hmm. um but yeah anyway okay we got a few feedbacks here waterfall angel says i've been thinking if this was a six-hour movie the episode probably wouldn't have irked me at all hmm so I'm guessing that means this episode did irk you in its current form. I'm assuming, uh, which yeah, I, I feel like this episode puts so much time in the past, and it's such a short episode that it's. I've been saying it about all these shows is they tend to, as I say in the last episode, divert from the main story and go do something else, and I kind of feel like that with the clandestine storyline and even getting like. It was a really beautiful beginning of this episode. I really enjoyed it, but it was like half of the episode in a 30-minute episode, you know? So it felt a little like a diversion from the main story, I guess, right before the ending. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that this was the slowest episode, because a lot oh, of yeah. them, like, I felt like they were as good as the last. This is probably the first one that kind of dived down a little bit, but hmm. it's still an important one. I have felt... So far, I, and I've enjoyed the show and I'm enjoying all the characters, but like, I have felt like so far, like the first episode was amazing mm-hmm. and all of the other episodes have been fine. Like the first one had this like frantic mm. energy and like, 
uh, rhythm to it. And it just felt, it felt like a pilot to a lot of shows feel, which is like they put a ton of extra effort and time and work in making that pilot really zing. And then the other episodes, while I've enjoyed them and they've all had characters I like and like interesting turns I've enjoyed, they haven't felt as cohesive as the first episode did or as stylistic or like different. I don't know. The first episode felt like, Oh, I've haven't seen anything like this. You know, it felt like, like with all that, all the, uh, like we haven't really seen her do her ADHD thing where she's like painting on the walls and stuff, you know, like they kind of left all that in the first episode. Yeah. And all the, it was very musical. There were a number of musical numbers in the first episode. And then second, you got that one, which I really enjoyed where she's like dancing and singing in her, uh, in her house. But like, yeah. it all just, so f- since then, it's kind of felt like a normal show, which I, a normal show I'm liking, but that first one kind of blew me away. Darn clandestines ruined it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, the hope is, if that's the case, if it is because they kind of diverted to tell the clandestine storyline, and I'm like, that, that storyline didn't get me as much. Maybe we'll get this last episode and it'll, it'll, it'll be just as well thought out and choreographed and like high energy and all that good stuff Mm -hmm. maybe i'm hoping (laughs) fingers crossed waterfall angel also says i think part of my disconnect with this episode is that the jinn seem to be finished and we're going to move on to damage control but we still don't know how the jinn got here slash what that other realm really is slash where the other bangle is slash how the f uh, did Najma close the portal? Yep, I agree with all of that. A lot of questions yeah. left. That's that's a lot of uh, until next time <laughs> on Dragon Ball Marvel. It's a lot of dangling threads. And, well, I thought there were different people, but they're all Waterfall Angel, but I'll read them anyway. Waterfall Angel also <laughs> says, it'll be interesting to see, since Kamran used powers in front of the drone, will he sacrifice himself to damage control and be like, it's been me all along. And before you say, but hey, he looks totally different than Kamala. People thought Kate was Ronan. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, no, that, that could happen. Um, I'm, I'm just worried that Najma sending the power was somehow some sort of trick. Like she also sent some of her consciousness or she like knew that sending, I mean, you know, they're Jin. That's the whole thing is like, they're tricky or whatever, you know, like at least that's, that's all the stories I've ever heard is like the Jin have power, but then they like do something to like twist it at the end, you know, they're always like tail. Uh, well, especially when they're being used in like, you know, whatever wish granting form, which is a lot of the ones I've seen. It's like, there's always they they grant your wish. And then they like, there's a twist. There's like, always like, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but I don't know if that's like anything like the Jin of the, you know, Muslim faith or whatever, <laughs> or if that's like a totally different, like Jin from whatever other it's tales, like monkeys, monkeys paw or something like that. Yeah. That's another thing. Uh, but it's the same thing. It's like you wish that the monkeys paw, I think is, <laughs> I don't know where it originates, but I think it's like an old like a Twilight Zone episode where someone sells someone a monkey's paw and it's like, it grants your wish, but it always grants it in a way that like 
screws you over in the end. Mm. But that's kind of how a lot of genie stories work. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I really don't know the direction that they're heading in. Yeah. I'm just Yeah, I just gotta wait till this. Well, I'm so sorry about it as good as Jeff speculating. No, no. It's <laughs> I think it's totally fair. It feels like they dropped us out of a story they've been telling us. We thought we found the story they were telling us. They told it and it's over. And now we've got this sort of like they need this last episode to build an entire new thing to be worried about, you know? Yeah, I guess I'm worried about Comron and damage control, but not that much, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't feel... The problem with inserting a different story at the very end, like Kingpin or Doctor Strange would have done, or, you know, whatever. Uh, it just, like, makes it feel like two different stories, and so all the emotional push that you've been worrying about since episode one towards some sort of goal or some sort of thing that you're trying to accomplish. It's suddenly like all the wind is taken out of your sails, you know? Yeah. We'll see though. In regards to damage control, I saw this article. I don't know if you guys covered it in a feedback episode about the, the speculation that the drones that they're using are like the Stark drones that Spider-Man had at the end of far from home. And now the government like has possession of them and they're using it for their damage control stuff. Have you heard that? Yeah. We talked about it. Uh, we talked about it in the feedback a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So when it popped up, I was like, huh, I guess they are close to the same ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They look very similar. And I mean, even if they're not the same drones, they're like, could be based on the tech for sure. Mm-hmm. Cause it showed that whole scene where damage control is like, there's a that very ominous scene in No Way Home where damage control is like rounding up all the Stark tech and taking it back to that warehouse. You just know there's got to be like a Justin Hammer is in there breaking it all down and building new ones. Yeah, right. Know? Oh, I would love that. I would love that so much. And we, <laughs> knowing that we're heading towards um, Armor Wars and Ironheart, like I could totally see if the government starts to like really like suppress heroes and stuff you know like maybe some of the the government has been using all the stark tech to like build sort of whatever whatever they need to suppress heroes what's the other series coming out iron wars uh yeah iron no is that it iron wars yeah iron heart and i just said it what did i just say (laughs) Is it Iron Wars? It doesn't sound right in my brain now. Armor Wars. That's what I, I just you, said. It. I said it 30 <laughs> seconds ago and I couldn't pull it back because you said Iron Wars and it messed me up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like last week with what was I kept calling Nakia Nadia or something like that or Nadia Nakia. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. What we lacked from the episode in ADHD I'm providing on this cast right now. <laughs> looking at the chat, thinking about speculations and having a conversation are three very difficult things to do at the same time. Yeah, that's why I, I do. I, I read none of the chat except for when they tag us at the end. I'll go back and read like because I can't keep on a conversation going while I'm reading. Uh, yeah. Spark Sam 85 says, I think in a previous episode, she said, hopefully something will activate his power. Uh, I think that's true. Uh, that it, I mean, that is true, but I don't think that to me, that just doesn't emotionally track. Like, an, I mean, I know that there was that whole thing where she was like, you know, you killed your sister. Don't kill Kamran too. Or like, you can go back to Kamran or whatever. But like, 
I don't know. This woman has been like for a hundred years trying to get back to her dimension. And it just felt like, I don't know. It felt, it felt like a weird thing for her to be like, now my main, I don't mind dying as long as Kamran gets powers, you know? Yeah. Maybe she was hoping it would work. She just got like guilt tripped at the end. Yeah. That feels weird. That's like not a, you know? Yeah. I don't love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just I'm hoping that it just pulls through in the last episode cause... Me too, me too. Uh Sparks and Medifab also says since Kamala and him are both half human, I think that was something to do with it. I really thought Kamala was about to go toward the door to the next dimension. Ooh, man. So they have access to the realm because they have the DNA of both of them, of the djinn and humans? I don't know. That would be cool. That would be cool. I'd love to see that, the other realm and find out what, what this Jin realm is like. That would be something cool for, like, Shang-Chi, too, since he's, like, half Talo and half Ooh, yeah. Human. Good call. So I've been showing so many connections. I'd be a good factor to, like, having a way to pass these um, you veils. Only, you can only pass through the veil if you're, like, have the lineage of both sides. And maybe, like, they, it it brings to mind, like, how did they get here then? And I Mm. wonder if, like, you know, they were banished here or something like that by, you know, like, weren't they? Did they say that? I don't remember why. Oh, it was when, um, Kamala's dad was reading the papers that Bruno had at work and they were talking about banishment. That's what it was. And he was like, I've never heard that one before. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We will be back very soon with uh, more uh, podcasts for you. We've got Thor Love and Thunder tomorrow, and we will be live on twitch.tv slash TV to talk about Thor Love and Thunder. That is incredibly exciting. So please come back. Please hang out. Uh, Zoo, tell them about Animation Deliberation, bud. So, on Animation Deliberation, last week, uh, the Baymax series came out, which was surprisingly a six-episode short series. Uh, so, we did our coverage of Big Hero 6, because Andrew hadn't seen it yet. Mm. And then we watched all of it, reviewed it. It was awesome. Go listen to the episode. Go check out the show. It was just... Uh, I love Baymax so much. And uh, we have a couple more interviews lined up. So, keep a lookout on that. and. Yeah, it's just that time of the year where there's just loads of content. So since I'm here on a weekly basis, I'll just give you the little slivers of what's going on. <laughs> Sweet, man. Well, thanks. Thanks for being here. And, uh, oh, uh, we have a question. What if I just ask, uh, what time tomorrow for Thor? Uh, so if you're listening to this, this is probably Thursday already. Uh, we, we have 3 p.m. tickets, I believe. So I think we can be on the podcast by about 7 p.m. I think that's central. probably what we central, yeah. Seven PM Central, I think, is what we can what we can pretty uh, realistically say. But uh, I'll try to confirm that and send an email out in the morning as well. So if you're on the email list, uh, or if you're not, go to strandedpanda.com and uh, click on the join the newsletter or whatever. Are you wearing your um, Star Lord jacket? No, I haven't fit into my Star Lord jacket in too long. <laughs> I need a need a I gotta gotta get back down to my Star Lord weight. 
All right, guys. We'll be back soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers. I wasn't with Jeff or with an accent. You want me to do the accent? No, I'm just teasing you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.